Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe Georgia Dodge Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Did Wilcox with an up and out, wide open, touchdown, Israel Troop. Snap to Young, drops back, pressure from the edges, he throws near sideline, and it's intercepted, intercepted, Kaylee Ringo at the 21, off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, near sideline, breaks a tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Evening neighborhood. How about them dogs? 32-18. Let the celebration begin. Celebration indeed. Welcome in. We're back. Football's back. Believe in Georgia Dogs is back. And joining me, the host of the Believe in Vanderbilt podcast, the Believe in Badgers podcast. He joins forces with me on illegal motion. He is uh, hopefully getting a $100 million contract from Yahoo here pretty soon uh, as he joins forces with Clint Cosgrove with uh, with the Badger Badger Blitz Report. Badger Blitz TV. And, Badger uh, Blitz TV, yes. And uh, don't forget, editor-in-chief at uh, MikeFarrellSports.com. Editor-in-chief at MikeFarrellSports.com. He is a weight loss champion. He is a master of all things culinary and woodworking and the master of all the Adobe products. It's my man, Matthew Perkins. What's up, dude? You are far too kind this evening, sir. It is great to be on here as always with you, my friend. Absolutely. And I have to add fantasy football champion as well. So um, what's up? What's up, man? How's it going? It's good, man. I'm I'm excited. It's 30 days from... You know, football really being back. I mean, you know, I've been, you know, getting ready over there. Mike'sPerrellSports.com. We've had a ton of articles coming out lately, just really getting primed for the season, man. Like camps are here. Their position battles heating up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt will inevitably let everyone down, even those with the lowest of expectations like myself. So that's okay. I spent the extra $50 per seat on my season tickets this year oh, to make sure okay. I got the extra cushy seat with the seat back. Cause there I'm not going to be standing to celebrate a lot of touchdowns. That's right. So, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to the reasons why here uh, later on down the show. But as you said, a lot of position battles happening, a lot of camp news afoot day one of practice for them, Georgia dogs, the defending national champions. Uh, you know, the main storylines, you know, what, what, you know, from, from your perspective, um, what, what, what do you see as the potential storylines? I mean, you look at the defense, who's going to, who's going to step up the wide receiver position. What is it going to look like? Exactly. We know who some of the playmakers are, but how do they fit? Of course you have the tight end room and you can go, uh, five personnel with just all tight ends. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Brock Bowers could probably play running back, maybe even quarterback. Uh, and then the offensive line which we'll get to later on down uh, in the show. We'll talk about offensive lines and where Georgia stacks up against the rest of the conference or even the rest of the country uh, because you are a Badger and that's what Badgers are known for. So let's start with defense. What you know? What stands out to you on Georgia's defense? I know you've been doing some stuff for MikeFarrellSports.com. I know you've been looking at defenses, offensive lines, different units. Uh, the, 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 biggest, the biggest unit, uh, literally and figuratively, is the defensive line. How do you replace Jordan Davis? I mean, physically, I don't think you do because there isn't another human being like him on the face of the planet, right? But that's not what I think you're trying to do now. You're going to have a different philosophy. Dan Lanning's gone. The the, the core structure is going to be there, right? The same basic premise is going to be there, but there's going to be a lot of new wrinkles. And so I think what you're going to see is Jalen Carter just being featured left and right, and he is going to be the focal point of the defense because at this point, he's probably the most unblockable player uh, on the interior of the defensive line in the country. I, For my money, that's who I would put it on. I can't think of anyone else Right. who's up there with him. And so he, but he's a very different player than Jordan Davis, right? He right. has, a, he brings a very different skill set. Not to say that he's, you know, they just bring different things to the table, right? 
he's going to be able to get into the backfield a little bit more, but he also, I mean, he sheds blockers really well. And he's another guy that will be a top 10 player in the draft the following year. But I'm more interested for me is who's the secondary ed rusher after Nolan Smith. That is what I would really sort of want to see. And what sort of rotation does it look like on the edge for the dogs? Well, I mean, I think you get, uh, I think you get Bradley Beal, uh, in there, uh, I think he's probably your secondary uh, guy. Darius Smith, uh, long and rangy out there on outside linebacker. He's somebody to to watch out for. I mean, you know, Kirby's not scared to go play a freshman. Um, you know, you got Christian Miller uh, on the defensive line. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get some pressure from the inside too. I mean, Jalen Carter uh, on on the interior. I mean, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna line up at nose, but he can play any one of those defensive defensive line spots and. Uh, projecting at the next level probably is a three technique. So um, I, I just – I don't know. It's it's going to be – that's going to be one of the biggest things in camp. Who's going to emerge as that other guy uh, outside of – on the other side of Nolan Smith? So um, I, I think Bradley Beal probably ha- has, the, uh, has the inside track. But, I mean, you know, you never know. Yeah, Michael, I, I, Michael I, I, Williams. I mean, I, you know, uh, Chaz Chambliss is, is somebody as well that you know they he came he comes in as an inside linebacker. He you know there's just some, there's just some options and there's some creative things that they can do to kind of you know maybe scoot some of those you know maybe go to a forefront some and and, and have some of the bigger rangier defensive linemen uh, get in there and rush the passer. But I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing, and that's that's probably one of Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann duo uh, at defensive coordinators biggest yeah, challenge. Yeah, so I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that because when it comes to play calling, how is that even going to work for them? Have they determined, have they put it out in the public yet? I'm not as up to date on this, obviously, as you are. That, to me, is going to be the biggest question mark about Georgia's defense more so than anything else. How do two defensive coordinators take over for one person and try to merge their minds into one unit? Well, here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have probably uh, you're going to have Will Muschamp in the booth, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to have Glenn Schumann down on the field. Uh, it's kind of like the hype man. I think I think you're going to have Will Muschamp calling it because he's the, he's a veteran play caller and he's been in that position before. So I, I think they're going to turn the play calling over to him, and Glenn Schumann will be kind of like the on the field spotter uh, relay guy and 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 just kind of the liaison. So. Um, I think Glenn Schumann's going to have a really large hand in game planning, but I think when it comes to when it comes to calling, it hasn't been officially put out there. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be Will Muschamp. Okay, I mean that makes sense. And as far as I'm concerned, the offense. I mean, yes, they lose George Pickens, but they only had him for what four games last year. Not even like Not they, even. they barely. I mean. If he basically played that, the national title game. He basically yeah. played the national title game in the Michigan game. He, he was used sparingly in the Michigan game at yeah. that, um, and he was barely used in the SEC title game. And and uh, I think they trotted him out there against Georgia Tech just for conditioning purposes. They I think they played in like one series. Yeah. So and, and and so obviously like yes, heck of a receiver, heck of a player. Uh, you fantasy football players out there need to be snatching him up in the late rounds of your yes. draft if you get a chance because Look he is going you, to be just on fire for that team yeah he, given uh, that he, fantasy advice Matt, i'm sorry i, I, I just uh, he, he's, <laughs> one of, he's one of my favorite sleepers on the year i love anyway it. you know and plus i'm in the right location to talk uh to talk dogs receivers speaking of receivers though oh. you also lost jermaine burton you know yes. your cousin and yep. he went to the enemy and you know that's okay he's allowed to make decisions like that for himself you still got lad mcconkey you still got adonai mitchell you still got kiaris jackson but I feel like, you know, with the tight ends, I still feel like there's like a fourth receiver that's going to need to come in and at least make a couple key catches. And I'm not sure who that guy is or if it's one of the freshmen who's coming in. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the freshmen you, you got to think. But, I mean, you have Marcus Roseby, Jack St., uh, Arian Smith, and Dominic Blaylock all coming off of injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blaylock probably is going to be the slowest to return. His injury was pretty, pretty bad. Um, it's been a year and a half, and he's still not quite right. I don't think he ever will be. Um, I'm looking forward to Arian Smith. Arian Smith is somebody that 
can play in the slot. He's somebody that can stretch the middle of the field, put some pressure on the free safety. And, and as a fourth option, there's not a lot of pressure on him. So to me, I'm I'm looking most forward to to Arian Smith because Lad McConkey is he's shifty. He's your short guy. He's you know he is uh, he's you're going to throw double moves to him and let him go. Uh, you have Ad Mitchell who who's your who's your obvious number one, your X, and and is your best receiver. And then you have these other guys, you know, Kyrus Jackson playing, um, you know, intermediate routes, short routes, long routes. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And then Lad McConkey is your, you know, our basically our version of Hunter Renfro. And then you have a fourth guy who could be one of those other guys I mentioned, but Arian Smith, I think, is going to be the the the, the answer. He's he's the track guy. Yeah, he's he's got sure. track speed. So for sure. Um, to me, that's the one that stands out. I mean, he's done it before, and he's made big plays before, but he just he just can't stay healthy. No, no, that, that's been tough, and that's been tough. But you know what? I mean, if you've got faith anywhere, it's just got to be in playmakers at Georgia, and the tight ends can cover up for so much of it. The, they can. The, the tight ends can. can just cover up for so much of it. And, like, the craziest thing to me is that we haven't even scratched the surface with Darnell Washington. No, we haven't. We, we yeah, haven't. It's, we haven't it's really not even close. Yeah. And I – as an outsider looking in, seeing him out of high school, like they call him LeBron James in football for a reason. Like you look mm-hmm. at his body, you look at his athleticism and it's a little bit, I don't want to say jarring, but when, if you just look at first glance, when you, you put Darnell Washington um, uh, out there against the rest of the tight ends, you should think that he should be dominating everyone, but no, it's Brock Bowers. Who's sort of like just at first glance, if you're walking in the room, you're think like okay he's like the average guy right yeah but that dude is a superior athlete i mean he's not i mean you look at him next to darnell washington everybody looks short against darnell washington exactly. and, but, and that's what i'm saying but he's like six five himself i mean he's he's a big dude but he looks he looks tiny against uh, I know, and i guess like i guess you know watching like see, seeing them like they were sort of like like two tight ends on one side, like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. And in yeah, exactly. general watching, I just want to, I want so much from him. I want, I want Mike white to recruit him for basketball and be a dual sport guy. But, um, uh, Arik Gilbert uh, again is somebody that also can play that fourth receiver. I mean, you could go three tight ends, split Eric, Gilbert out. Is he eligible? He, is he officially eligible? He is, he's officially eligible. He, he is a full go. Okay. You know what? Um, kudos to him. Kudos to him. Cause I know he had, struggled academically at LSU and I'm glad to hear that he has turned it around. I'm, I'm really he happy had to hear some problems. That. He had some yeah. eligibility problems coming in uh, last year's why I didn't play. Um, but he's, you know, ever since he kind of got it together uh, spring semester, he was academic player of the week on, on, on a couple of occasions. So um, he, he's, he's really kind of found his groove and he's going to, I mean, if you watch him in the spring game, I mean, the dude is just, you can see why, he was, you know, you can see why he was a high four star coming out of high school. Yeah, for out of, sure. Out of Norcross, I mean, uh, it, it was a shock that he went to LSU to begin with. But, uh, I, I, you know, again, if he can get it, if he can cut his weight down a little bit, but he, and and he looks like he has. He came into he came into G day at two sixty five. Mm-hmm. If he cut that down a little bit, he can be more of a threat on the outside. So, I mean, you've got options. And yeah. some of those options are listed at tight end, but like Brock Bowers and even Oscar Delp is like a lighter version of, of Brock Bowers. Like mm-hmm. They're kind of the same dude. And yeah. he made some plays in the spring game. So like you got a fourth option there as a freshman, as a true freshman. And it's then, not fair. It's, it's really uh, not fair. No, not if you're looking at tight ends, but um, I'm excited about the running backs too. I mean, there's, there, there's some, uh, there's some, be, I'm excited to see like Kendall Milton, mm-hmm. a, a, a more of Kendall Milton. I like him a lot. I'm interested now. Now, the biggest thing for me, Matt, is going to be with the running back positions. Who kind of who kind of falls into that James Cook role? Who falls into the Zeus role, and who falls into like the DeAndre Swift role? Like who who who's the all around guy? Who who's who's the who's the utility knife, um, the Swiss Army knife, like James Cook was, and and who's like the Who's like the hammer? And I think Dywan Edwards is a name to look for. He, I, I anticipate he's going to be kind of like that hammer, the closer. You know, the guy that comes in fourth quarter and just just rams it down the throat. Um, what about Branson Robinson? Oh, that dude looks like yeah. That dude is getting some looks. We'll we'll see. I mean, he's just I a mean, freshman. You, we'll you see. You want a hammer? Do you want a hammer? Because yeah. Branson Robinson can be a hammer. 
he can be a hammer. We'll see what he does in camp. I'm I'm excited to see kind of how that shakes out in the first scrimmage. But Dylan Edwards, man, good lord! Like, all right, he, he's he's gotten it done at the college level. He's proven it at the college yeah, level. He's earned true. he's earned number three reps. There you so go. I'm excited about that, man. So uh, defensively, linebackers, inside linebackers, um, you know, uh, Dumas Johnson is is really kind of taking on that N'Kobe Dean role. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's going to be Nicobe Dean because that's very, very tough. Like Nicobe Dean had some big shoes to fill uh, with Roquan Smith leaving. Uh, he filled them quite nicely, but I mean, he'll never be Roquan Smith, and that's okay. He doesn't have to be. Nicobe Dean is Nicobe Dean, um, which is plenty good enough. And the Philadelphia Eagles got a steal on that one. So if you do, what, if you do individual I, defensive players, that's, coach, one guy I want to I want to check in on was one of my favorite guys in the. 2021 uh, high school, or sorry, 2022 high school class, mm-hmm. or 2021, I should say, Smell Munden or Monden. I, what is yeah, going he, on with him? Is he, he going to be in the mix this year? Yeah, he'll he'll rotate. I mean, if you're in okay. the two deep on defense, you'll rotate. He's at the money position, so you got Mike and Money. So he's he's kind of he, Money is an inside linebacker position, so he's kind of moved up a little bit to 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 the money position. Um, MJ Sherman again, uh, going back to outside linebackers, he's a name that's popping up too. Um, as somebody that's going to be tough on the edge. So, I mean, there, there's options. It, it's kind of like the no-name position after after Nolan Smith. It's kind of yeah. the, it's kind of the, okay, who are these guys and how are they going to, how are they going to unfold? So, mm-hmm. um, no, that's, uh, that's something, uh, that's something to, to, to look forward to. And then the DBs, I think are going to be strong. If Christopher Smith coming back, you have um, some guys that need to step up. I'm, I'm interested to see if, if Nyland Green can make that jump. He was a four-star kid freshman last year. Had some promise, but never really made it on the field. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what he can do. Uh, Tyke Smith is somebody who was injured all of last year, transferred from West Virginia. What is he going to do? Yeah, he. I thought he was going to be the most impactful DB transfer in the country did. last and, year. And, and he wasn't. And he wasn't because of injury. But at the end of the day, it didn't really matter all no. that much. But, you know, now you get an extra season out of him and him, you know, the Smith brothers back there. Um, right. One of the best safety pairings in the country. If Tyke is back to the same Tyke Smith mm-hmm. we saw in 2020 at West Virginia when he was, I believe, a second team All American. Yes. Yes, he was. Uh, second team All American. Just needs to get healthy, honestly. Just needs to get healthy. So, um, you know, the, the defense, I think you have some good leaders. Uh, you know, you have, you have, uh, I was about to say Jarrell. I was about to say Jarrell Casey. Um, he's not on UGA's defense. By um, Jalen Carter and Christopher Smith, I think are going to emerge as your two leaders on this defense. I think they're going to kind of keep that culture going, which is good. You have guys that you're going to start to see. You're going to have these big alpha leaders. You know, like what Nakobe Dean and Jordan Davis were. You're going to see something similar with Chris Smith and, and Jalen Carter, and then down the line, you'll you'll you know some other guys will step up. You know, this year and, and not sure exactly who they are. I think Dumas Johnson is going to uh, going to step up. Jawan Dumas Johnson is going to step up um, as an inside linebacker. I think he'll emerge as a leader, um, and he'll he'll they'll groom him for next year. Uh, to lead to lead that linebacking core. So, man, I'm I'm excited about camp news. I mean, again, day one, so there's not a whole lot you can glean from it. Uh, it's just good to get these guys back out and working. Um, but I can tell you this, the rest of the nation is screwed. Just go ahead and lock down Stetson Bennett for the Heisman. Uh, if you've seen his new fade haircut, his new nickname is uh, Stet Quavius. Stet Quavius? I can, I can get behind this. Stet Quavius Bennett. So just look that up. And you and you you'll thank me later. Stet Quavius Bennett, he's got this. He's got the probably the tightest, sickest fade I've ever seen. So he's got oh, all the wonderful. swag in the world, man. He's finally QB one and not looking over his shoulder. Um, I hope that doesn't go to his head, but it probably shouldn't because he's he's lucky to be there. Um, they do this thing on for social media uh, where they hold up, you know, like the first day of first day of kindergarten, first day oh, of yeah. first grade. So oh, yeah, first day of dogs camp, right? And it says year, uh, uh, who's your coach? Uh, so, uh, some other things on there, but he <laughs> Stetson Bennett says uh, he's in his seventy fourth year at Georgia, <laughs> so he's owning that he's been there for a while. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, yeah, he, he's he's uh, 
he's got he's got a ton of confidence and and a lot of people are worried about well you know it maybe it was just luck and luck and luck i mean yeah it was luck i mean you gotta you gotta you know you have to take you know you, you have to take a little bit of luck i mean that's what it takes to to win a national championship but he's gonna be good dude i mean the way he the way he's comfortable in the pocket the way he distributes the ball he can move he can run the rpo offense he can pull the ball and run it i mean he he can hurt you so many different ways and people think he has this pop gun arm and 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 he doesn't no he definitely doesn't and you know where it switched you know where that you know where that flip you know that switch flipped for 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 him i'm gonna i was gonna say the tennessee game well the tennessee game um but it really like he kind of came into his own then but people were still questioning him. When he finished that Orange Bowl game, I was like, okay, I'm never doubting him again. Like, as after the SEC championship, I know I came on IM. I know I came on right here and asked Israel the same question. And, and we talked about it on, on Illegal Motion uh, for a fact. And I was like, man, I'm, you know, we know what we got in Stetson. We're done. I'm done with him, you know, all that stuff. And he goes out and wins a natty. Yep, of course he does. Of course he, he does. Because... Shut me the f up. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know what? At, at least you guys can have that because you know who can't have it, and that's Vanderbilt fans. Because despite yeah. whatever Clark Lee says at SEC media days, they are not going to be at the top anytime soon. So, so yeah. So you, you're talking about you're not going to be celebrating many touchdowns. You're going to get a cushion seat. So what, oh, I yeah. already, I already spent the money on the cushion so, seat. I'm not, yeah. I'm not wasting my money anymore. I need, you know, I'm getting older, coach. My, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm. Well, precious. you're getting lighter, so <laughs> like you're, 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 you're in a lot better shape than me. Although I think I've dropped like ten pounds since yeah. since start of camp. But get it, bud. Um, what I mean, what, what so what? The Commodores bring anything? Is Mike right? Anything to write home about? I mean, pun intended. No. Okay. So there's a couple things I think about this group that are really intriguing. Mike Wright is now QB one. Like we know he's QB one from the jump. There's no more battle with Ken Seals. It is Mike Wright's show. And because of that, they've had an entire off season to actually build an offense around his strengths. What are his strengths? He was the George state champion in the 200 meters as a senior in high school. He can scoot and he's not, inaccurate on the move um he's not like super accurate but he can he can make a throw on the move and he can get to the edge fast he's going to need that the offensive line is porous they lost tyler steen their only real lineman worth his salt we can dive into offensive lines later you know that's like my thing but you know he he was the only really good one oh guess what now he's the starting left tackle at alabama so transfer portal one one folks um I think this wide receiver group, like last year's group, is sneaky good. I really like Will Shepard. I think that he is, I I think he has the best connection with Mike Wright. And I think that the two of them seem to be in sync, especially when he is scrambling. Shepard and Wright, when he's outside of the pocket, have an uncommon connection. Which again, like I've said, that's Ooh, I like good. that description. Uncommon connection. Okay. They do. Like Shepard just seems to know where he needs to be mm-hmm. when Wright is scrambling. It's almost like they share a brain. Well, or so, something like that. It's just that they just have some sort of intrinsic field to know, like, okay, where do I need to put myself if you're Shepard, like in the alley where he can get the ball to? It doesn't always work, obviously. When you're right. throwing off balance on the run, it's not always going to work. But I have more faith in that connection than I do really in anything else. I think Raymond Davis is, I, I think he's the caliber of running back who could start at, I don't know, a third of the schools in the SEC. I, I, th- I think he's actually a, a, a at least league average running back. Behind him, no, not so much. But well, you know, also I don't think there's a ton of star power at the running back position uh, in the conference this year. Uh, so I, I think he stands out as well uh, yeah. for, for that. I mean, he, he's a talented guy, and if they can if they can generate anything in the passing game, I, I think you you have a chance so joey joey lynch has a big big task ahead of him uh with with this offensive line i mean you know play calling wise i mean you know you can get yourself out of a lot of trouble with some with some play calling i I think if you can you know design an offense that can be a little more 
like I think Mike Leach is as as gimmicky as he is, or as gimmicky as he is, as he seems, he does have a knack for for understanding what he needs to do to make his team that usually has lesser talent viable and 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 can win. Like James Franklin knew that we had back to back winning seasons. Like he he knew that he could just recruit a couple guys, and you know Will Shepard could be that guy for them. Ramon Davis could be that guy for them. So, like, what the do you guy, s- the, the guy that I am most interested to see at least progress this year, it, there, there's a true freshman that's going way, way under the radar. So, if you want a deep sleeper, Coach, Jaden McGowan. I like Jaden like- McGow- McGowan. He is Ooh, okay. a jitterbug slot receiver, uh, true freshman out of South Carolina. Okay. And he has been – making guys mitts left and right. Vandy's already had, I think six, six or seven practices so far. They started real early. And yeah. so, cause they have a week zero game. Yeah. And so oh, and the, he the is bowl just, game in Hawaii, you guys are seven point favorites in that one. I know. Um, that we shouldn't be, but <laughs> I don't know. Actually, no, no, I I'm, it, it's a time of year where every fan base feels more confident. And I actually do feel more confident today than I did. Mm-hmm you know, even two weeks ago going into it. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the it's the offensive line is clearly going to be what holds them back. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I'm worried about the defensive backs. They just don't have the speed. I think no. the linebackers are solid. I actually think the linebackers are. are I think really Gorgie's going to be a dude. I don't think he's going to be. I think he he already is a dude. I mean, he's going to be even is, more of a dude. Like he, I think he, so too. He's going to be a dude on the national national scale. I mean, the last time they had someone like that, I mean, he's not going to be Zach Cunningham. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be Zach Cunningham. No, I mean, for that's a tough while. To fill, but yeah, but I mean, he was the last defender Vanderbilt had at the national level. I mean, he's gonna he's going to be making all the plays for Vanderbilt. I mean, he he has all the tools. That that he can be the guy and, and and somebody that can really make some noise uh, around the conference. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he's somebody you definitely have to game plan for. But if you can pass protect, <laughs> you could probably get get a few deep on the on these uh, on these on these DBs. And uh, yeah. Stequavius Stetquavius Bennett can uh, can certainly sling that rock. So, sure. um, so one of uh, they get a transfer a linebacker transfer from. Clemson so it looks like they're you know at least bolstering that position well here's the thing he's right now not even in line to start in the through the first six practices he's running with the twos Mm -hmm. um it's Anthony Orgy and Ethan Barr as sort of their their two middle backers and like the anchor position you were just you know their 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 star positions with CJ Taylor Mm -hmm. a lot of people thought Kane Patterson was going to come in usurp Ethan Barr from last year but I think that really lit a fire under the butt of Ethan Barr. And mm-hmm. he has been an absolute rock star. All the reports coming out of camp. Um, Got to give a shout out to my guy, Chris Lee over at VandySports.com because he is always on top of it. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's a really good guy to help keep. He, he helps keep me informed. Uh, I've gone on his podcast. He's mm-hmm. been on mine. And, uh, you know, he does a really good job, you know, bringing these camp reports out. And, you know, one of the things he's been preaching is that like bar just like took his game to another level man mm. and it's been that's, it, that's been really good for that linebacking unit i think that i was a little bit surprised that davion davis didn't test the transfer portal he was their best defensive lineman last season we saw what happened with their best offensive lineman steen goes to alabama now he's playing for you know a big time contender i thought davis was going to test the portal he's a guy who is a disruptor on the interior of the defensive line, he was far and away their best player last season on the defense mm-hmm. um, alongside Orgy. And I, you know, I was shocked that he came back to Nashville, quite frankly. And that's been a boon for the team. Uh, they've had a Malik Langham really step up next to him to be a true, like number two guy, like right next to him. Um, but their edge rush really struggled last year. It really, really struggled last year and they need to get something out of it. And right now it looks like miles capers is the guy that is going to be the, you know, is going to be the main pass rusher, but he's flashed at times, but he's never been able to put anything together. uh, You know, that we've seen, 
so far. But again, he's really, really young and he's kind of taking over from Michael Uwusu, who's still on the team as, as an older guy. But, you know, that's a really interesting, uh, you know, spot to watch on the defense, I think. And it's really going to be telling who, you know, who's going to be really lining up in those if when Vanderbilt, the rare occasion that Vanderbilt gets an opponent in third and long, who's actually going to, is someone going to be able to get out there, rush the passer and actually convert and get the quarterback to the ground? We'll see. I mean, year two, there's always some surprises. There's always some, some things that happen uh, between, you know, the guys that, that, that are there, the guys that chose to stay. I mean, for, for Davis to choose to stay, that should tell you a little bit something about, that culture and, and how it's improving a little bit and how, how things are starting to kind of, I don't want to say click just yet, but you're starting to see that movement in the right direction. So we'll see if we'll see if Vandy can, can do it. I think Clark Lee needs to, needs to program some emotions um, in, in, in there. Um, but last thing before we, uh, before we jump into your favorite topic, that's uh, that's the hogs, the, yes, the heavy bellies. Uh, is this new Vandy logo? Is it growing on you, or nope. is it still bad? No, nope. no, it's trash. It's absolute trash. Like Star, some, Star V. Like, I don't know why they got rid of the Star V. To be honest like with literally, you. like like what? what the, there's like one icon like that you associate with Vanderbilt. It's a Star V. You know, throw it out the window. No, let's just take, let's take the Villanova logo, but take the History Channel paint job and put it on the Villanova logo, and that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Oh, the History Channel paint job. I mean that. Oh God, that's what, 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 that's the best way I can describe. That's that, all. I mean, I, that's that's, that's a great that's a great description. That that sums up just how bad it actually is. Yeah. So, and so. this is after they just had spent what three hundred and thirty million dollars on brand new facilities that had all been painted with the Star V. Now they got to redo it. Dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. All right, let's get into offensive linemen. Right, shall we please so please. sec offensive lineman you you and i have been talking you wrote uh you wrote an article on uh, mikefrailsports.com about these offensive linemen i love them i absolutely I, love I, I love the hogs i love the hogs so much um Coach, you told me to... hold on you told me you had some you had some takes you had some hot takes some I have cold hot takes. takes and uh-huh. everything in between so right. what hot take no, number no, one no, you know you're you know uh give me give me a team and i'll give you a take Okay, hot take number one. Okay, does Arkansas, can Arkansas muster up an offensive line to create enough of an attack to help K.J. Jefferson vault into the upper echelon of quarterbacks within in this conference? Uh, linchpin on that is Devin Manuel. Devin, Devin Manuel is a six foot nine, 366 pound redshirt freshman but the boy can move. Ooh. He's got shades of Makai Becton in him. Oh. He's super, okay. super raw technically. He, you know, I mean, you, you see him, you see some of the stuff he does in the weight room. You see the way that he moves. He's got the body mechanics, but he doesn't have the technical ability. has been playing football a long time. But if he is, if he can really tap into that potential after being on campus for a full year, you pair him with Dalton Wagner, and you have some absolutely nasty, nasty bookend tackles. That happens. I love this unit, as always. I mean, Ricky Stromberg, one of the best centers in the game. Uh, I mean, I, I could go on and on. Arkansas is year in and year out one of the best offensive lines to watch, just, just as someone who appreciates line play. Just as someone who appreciates, you know, not just the individual pieces, but how they work together as mm-hmm. a unit. Yeah. It hasn't even mattered who's, I mean, whether it's been the Bielema era, well, not so much, obviously, in the Morris era, but um, in. Nothing went well in the Morris era. <laughs> but, now, but now back in, in, Pitt, in the Pittman era, they communicate so well along the offensive line. And that's why they're able to hold up at the line of scrimmage. Now, it's a completely different story at the skill position with them you know Traylon Burks is the outlier it's not it hadn't been really since like the Darren McFadden days that they had true like playmakers at a either the running back or the wide receiver position until Traylon Smith I'm sure someone will come in and tell me that I'm wrong but you get what I'm talking to right it's always been about that offensive line play and that's what's been able to even keep them in games with teams that are way more talented everywhere else so yes I actually think if Devin Williams can be that guy that is you know, they can be, if they're that good, 
they're the second best team in the West. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is, that is very very promising for that. I love the Hogs. I absolutely love the Hogs. The uh, the, the the West is the West is going to be interesting. Um, now, Tank Bigsby comes back to Auburn. Mm-hmm, he does. Does I don't know why. Uh, does their lack of recruiting at that position does it bite them in the ass even more than it has already? At running back. No, at offensive line. We're, talk, we're talking. Line. We're talking offensive line. Okay. Well, you started to tank bigs me, and, and you. Yeah, I, I was kind of lead into that. I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I left out a few words there. But does Tank Bigsby is he making a mistake coming back, uh, running behind a poor offensive line? Are they a poor offensive line? I think they are mediocre, but I don't think they're poor. Gotcha. Um. They have their interior three are adequate. Okay. Um, I think Fair Nick enough. Brom. I think I think Nick Brahms is a above average SEC starter. Okay. Um, um, at center, you know, I, I think he, you know, he's probably the fifth or sixth best center in the SEC. Okay. Council and Jones are okay at guard, but their tackles aren't great, and everybody knows that Killian Zire is. I don't think I think he was way out of out of his league last year. He had four starts and he just got abused. And I don't, you know, he he's got to have taken some giant steps forward this offseason if at left tackle if they're going to do anything um, to protect. Well, I guess not T.J. Finley anymore. Yeah, yeah, they looted an officer on a scooter. Never a good idea. Just ask any former Georgia player about eluding people on scooters. It's not good. So, uh, let's see. Uh, we live in Vol country. We and do. I, I don't care that we live in Nashville. Nashville technically should be uh, Commodore country, but it's not. It's still Vol country. What if, if, a, if, a, if a Vol fan stumbles upon this show and they, they make it this far, do they have, is their offensive line going to be difference makers this year? I, I think that was like the final piece that they needed a year ago to make their offense even more like next-level explosive. Darnell Wright is really good. Darnell Wright's a really good left tackle. Like I, 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 I didn't want to admit it, yeah. but Darnell Wright's I mean, a good left is, tackle. That I mean, that um, is that is spot on. I love, I love that. You know, and, and he he proved to me last year that I think a lot of the reason why Hendon Hooker was able to, you know, make a you know he I felt like he always had the extra half second in the pocket. And I felt like that's because you could put him out on pretty much any pass rusher and he was going to, he was going to stalemate them 95 to 98% of the time. He was yeah. awesome. And so he's good. Um, he's great feet, good hand, hand leverage, good, just, just good awareness of, of his body and just kind of getting in between that. And yeah. The other guy on that unit that impresses me is Jerome Carvin. Um, mm-hmm. He, what impresses me though is his versatility. He's just like, it's so cliche and I hate you to play cliche, but coach, he's just a football player, man. It doesn't matter where you put him out there on the offensive line. He's just a football player, man. He's man that boy just plays ball, man. No, it, it's literally just what he does. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I can line him up anywhere. Um, if I'm probably, if, if I'm coaching the offensive line, I'm probably putting that guard, assuming. Cooper Mays is, you know, good to go at center and he can live up to the hype. Cooper Mays lives up to the hype. He was a top hundred recruit coming out of high mm-hmm. school. You've already got Wright and Carvin in there. They brought in Mincy to sort of fortify, be a swing tackle. It brought him out of the portal and ah, they can be, they can definitely be good enough. They can yeah, definitely jo- be Josh good Heupel enough. Is, Josh Heupel is showing that he can build a program. He's proving a lot of doubters wrong. I know Tennessee fans were pissed when they landed on Josh Heupel because they felt like they settled and, oh, we got the guy from UCF. We're but yeah. no, that's the best hire you could have made, and it's showing. That guy's that guy's legit. I mean, he they they've completely won me over. Yeah, like he, he's I, won I, me over. I like, I, I, I hate. Hypo as a coach it. has won me over. The program yeah. will never win me over. Yeah, I I, I as a coach has won me over. I hate it because he's wearing orange. I hate yeah, it. It's he's Tennessee. I hate it. But it I can't root, I cannot root for him. Okay. Okay. I, I just I, I have to get the hottest take off my chest though, right? Okay. Now, do it. Do it. I, yeah, do it. Who's who's everyone's favorite darling in the East this year, coach? Oh, Georgia. Who's, who no 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 who, who who's everyone's darling to be the you know who, who to be the dark horse? Kentucky. No. 
Florida. No. In the South East? Carolina. South Carolina. Everyone's talking South Carolina. Oh, we have Spencer oh, Rattler. Oh, Shane Beamer. Yeah, darling. Yes, they are. They're a darling. People, I've been hearing way too many people talk about them being, you know, yeah. you know, being a dark horse. You know what? Dark Their horse. offensive line is the worst in the conference. The worst. What a hot team. take. It's it's garbage. It's worse than Vanderbilt. It's not a hot take, though. Okay, That's well, a pretty spot on take. <laughs> accurate. It's accurate. I mean, <laughs> I would I wouldn't consider that a it hot is, take. It is it is absolute hot garbage. Okay, here's my other. I guess then here's my other attack on offensive line. LSU, just as bad. That might be a little bit of a hot take. I don't know. They're LSU. Like, they just they just all of a sudden, you're like, they're trash. And then all of a sudden, they're like, not. <laughs> you know? It's just, okay, that's how they roll. I guess. I mean, they're starting a true freshman at left tackle. Yeah. That's um, part of the unknown. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, they could completely fall apart and – be the worst offensive line i have i'll tell you this i have more faith in lsu than i do vandy or south carolina yeah that ain't saying much though no but you know it's not the worst but you know i i'm just uh i'm just tired of the hot takes on the on spencer rattler he's okay, not fine. the guy okay i mean you're, you're not gonna get any argument from me there um you know if, if i'm a south carolina fan I'm I'm more excited the fact that I'm a South favorite, Carolina fan. We're probably pissed at you, but <laughs> well, uh, if, you're, if I'm a South Carolina fan, the uh, I'm more interested in the Oklahoma transfer Austin Stogner at yeah. tight end than I am at um, no. That's just me just stirring the pot. And if you're a South Carolina fan, my wife hates you. Well, it, it's a good thing I'm not then. Um, she went to Clemson. In case you're wondering. Um, okay, so. Here's here's my other, I guess one other thing. Despite losing Charles Cross, Mississippi State might still have the second, second or third best line in the conference. Yeah, I that see that's that's a su- surprising deal because like you would think LSU, they can recruit, but they're relying on too many freshmen. It, it's gonna be a dicey and, situation. And a bunch of transfers and a bunch and, of transfers and a, bunch and of a transfers. new coach and a new position coach and a new scheme and a new system. There are just so many question marks for LSU. Yeah. Whereas high risk, high Miss, reward, but Mississippi they, State, you've got you're returning four or five starters. Mm-hmm. You're all SEC center, uh LaQuinton Sharp. You've got, you know, some awesome, you know, we we've got a couple really, really, really solid players, Quantravis Johnson, Cameron Jones. Uh, who can play all across the line? Would you say it's easy to recruit offensive linemen at no only at Mississippi State easy. because they have a certain type and it like is, super athletic guys, like well, defensive I mean, I, linemen I think, that come over and develop. I don't think it's necessarily easy to recruit. I think that it allows them to maximize the potential of the types of recruits that they can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think it's easy to recruit to Mississippi State. It's not, you know what? The other reason it's not easy to recruit to Mississippi State is what are they doing 90% of the time on that offense? They're passing the ball. Mm-hmm. If you're an offensive lineman, what do you like to do? You like to run block. You don't like pass blocking. Pass blocking isn't fun. What's fun? Going downhill and getting to get someone on the second level and clear them out. It's not fun to drop back and pass pro and be responsible one-on-one for an edge rusher in the SEC 60 times a game. Yeah, that's not fun. So if, if I'm now, if I am now, if I'm an elite tackle prospect, that might be interesting to think, okay, if I'm like the greatest pass protect in the world, I'm gonna go out there. Yeah. I'll prove this. I'll be out here like Charles cross mm-hmm. and do that. So, I mean, it, it, it raises your draft capital. I mean, you can always, you can always develop a run blocker. I mean, I mean it's just yeah, a, but I mean, it's just I, a mentality. He did the same thing at Washington State. They had a bunch of really good, really athletic tackles. You know, you know, Kellen Deitches and mm-hmm. and and the like come yeah. through and be. You're not sorry, not Kellen Deitch. Kellen Deitch was uh, uh, was Arizona State, but uh, who am I thinking of? Um, play for the Eagles. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I can see the. I can see the player. I just I can see him in a Washington State jersey. I just can't picture it. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I just can't see the nameplate. So, um, it's not Gardner Minshew. I can tell you that. Can we talk about George's line really quick, though? 
Yes, the, 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 that's the, the, that's how I wanted to wrap this offensive line conversation yeah, let's, up. Let's, 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 let's do it. Let's let's jump into to Georgia's O line. I'll tell you who uh, who the starting who the starting uh, or the, as of right now, this is the guys getting first team reps. Uh, uh, left tackle, Broderick Bro- yeah. Jones, obviously. Broderick Jones, left tackle, Devin Willock, left guard, Cedric Van Pran at center, of uh, WWE's own Tate Ratledge. Yep, right guard. If he's not on WWE, he should be. And then right tackles Warren McClendon. Interesting. The second team is Ernest Green Jr., Mm -hmm. freshman. Uh, At left guard, Xavier Truss. Center, Warren Erickson. Right guard, Dylan Fairchild. And right tackle, Amarius Mims. One of the things that I wasn't sure about is if – is Amarius Mims one of the five best offensive linemen, regardless of position? And if so, can they get him in at guard? I think they're working on that. Uh, I, I think he's solidified enough of a spot at right tackle, so if he gets some tackle reps, he definitely goes in. But I, I think on the side, he's trying to I, – I, I bet he's trying to learn guard. They want him to play guard. They would love for him to play left guard next to Broderick Jones Yes, that's and just create a say. superstar side of the line. And I would love to see that, but I mean, can he handle it? I, I don't know. Like, can he handle learning two spots like that? I mean, it's, you know, cross training on the offensive line can either be pretty simple or nearly impossible. Take so. it from someone who just watched his line cross train for four years and get worse every year. I'm not necessarily all for it. One or two guys, fine. Don't you do have your entire line cross training? It's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a Joe Rudolph special right there. But that he's gone. The he, he's gone, isn't he? Yeah, Bob Bostad is back, the baddest man in the business <laughs> in the offensive line. Wisconsin offensive line, my friends, is back. They are going to be back to absolutely manhandling people this year. It is going to be so much fun. Jack Nelson is a psychopath at left tackle, and. He just like he he the way he talks and the way he talks about football reminds me of Deacon Jones. We talked about he just wanted to get put the opponents in a bag and beat them. Like that's how Jack Nelson talks about football, and it gets me so excited. Yeah, I love it. Um, but going back to Georgia's offensive line, Cedric Van Pran, probably one of the best center prospects in the country. Yeah, Lo- love him. Just just. He has commanded the offense. He he's a great communicator. He's been a he's been a rock solid center uh, for Georgia all of last year. Was a representative at media days. Broderick Jones, just a superior athlete at left tackle. Pro, you know, it, yeah. it's it's exactly what you want. Huge upside. Huge upside. Huge upside. Got a like, got a good bit of time last year when they were when they were shuffling Jamari Sawyer around with, mm-hmm. with injuries to the interior guys. Um. And Tate Rattlich coming back, that's a breath of fresh air. That 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 helps us there at, at right guard. And um, I'm interested to see. I mean, there's quite a battle. I, I'm not so sure that Amarius Mims can't beat out Warren McClendon at right tackle. Um, I, I think McClendon probably has a better grasp of the offense, and that's probably why he's there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Amarius Mims athletically should be able to beat him out there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Roger Jones, it's interesting to me ceiling wise out of all the tackles in the sec mm-hmm. like i'm talking like peak like nfl ceiling i think he might have this i would say he has the second highest nfl ceiling of any tackle in the conference yeah he, he does and he, he's got uh he's just got to take it to that level now he's got yeah. he's got to go out there well, then, well well who, who's number one for you then i said he's number two because i think number one is jc jc latham at Alabama. I think JC yeah. Latham is yeah. uh he he has the potential to be like the Michael yeah. Jordan of left tackles of yeah, tackles he's a, in general. He's, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty easy. JC Latham is God, is number it, one. I mean as F he is one of these <laughs> single most athletic men for that size that I, I have seen. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like I'm not Mike Farrell. I work with him. I'm yeah. not Mike. I haven't seen as much tape as he has, but my God, I mean, just the way that he moves, how he moves. He's originally from the state of Wisconsin. Of course, he had to go down to IMG and go to Alabama. He should have stayed home, gone to the University of Wisconsin. It's been starting there, but that's just me <laughs> being biased. But, you know, I, I think this Georgia line is going to be really good again. I, I yeah. like watching the way 
you know, Georgia has played over the last couple of years, you know, really since Kirby got there and since when he brought Sam Pittman in to really sort of establish that line. Yeah, that, that was that was great. I mean, the recruiting that Sam Pittman left left the dogs with is mm-hmm. is I mean, this why it's why they're in this position right now. It's why they're not freaking out uh, having to replace a few a couple starters. Um, and go back to your question, um, you know, who else is in the mix at, at the tackle position conference wise is like or even country, you know, even nationwide. I mean, you got to throw Darnell Dar. God, I can't talk. Darnell Darnell Wright into yep. the into the mix too. I mean, I think he's Absolutely. got. I think he. I think he has something to say about that that position. I mean, God, am I do just a behemoth? I'm just athletic. You know, him and Broderick Jones, J.C. Latham, they're all they're all going to yeah. be great pro prospects. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's those three obvious. guys. It's those three guys, and then mm-hmm. you know, nationwide there are. You know, I, I think some of the other guys you could throw in there in the country. Uh, if Jackson Kirkland is back to 100% at Washington, I think he could be coming into last year. A lot of people thought of him as a first-round prospect. He got he had a lot of nagging injuries last year, never played up to snuff. He's back to uh, for a senior season. If he's back to health, he could move his way back into that first-round conversation, I think. Um you know, uh, you look uh, in Evanston it, at Northwestern, and Peter uh, Skarowski uh, is an absolute technician. Uh, Paris Johnson, Ohio State. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, it, it's too early to tell for Jack Nelson at Wisconsin at left tackle, but I think he could be a, a really, really special player. He's really athletic, 6'7". He's, you know, he's quote-unquote light. He's only 313. Um, but I, I think that he has the chance to be someone really good. I mean, he was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, their big 10. I think that uh, I, I was looking at some of the, the conferences out West more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the, the state of offensive line play in general is, you know, typically higher in the SEC and big 10. And I think that's even more so this year. I think the big 12 right now is really, really down on offensive line play. I think that there's, I I think that Baylor is really good and everyone else in the big 12 is kind of like mediocre to poor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Connor Galvin at Baylor, he's probably the other guy that I would and Cooper Vivi at Kansas state. Those Baylor Baylor's get Baylor's one of those programs that just, you know, Dave Aranda is doing a tremendous job over there. I just yeah. got to say he's, yeah, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. If I, you know, if, if I had to hire a, you know, an under 50 coach to run a program, he's probably in the top 10 picks. He's not, you know, Kirby's obviously going to be up there. Number one, the guys mm-hmm. under 50, but yeah, yeah. you know, if, if you're looking for someone like that, he is going to be way, way up there. Cause mm-hmm. gosh, darn it. He's a hell of a coach. And I'm the guy who thought he wasn't going to be a good head coach. I thought he was the elite level defensive coordinator who couldn't be a head coach. He didn't have the personality for it. I said it a million times and I was absolutely dead wrong. He, he inspires those guys. And, and I think a lot of it also, Matt, is because the systems he has in place create opportunities for guys to thrive. They're not worrying about logistics stuff. They're not worried. So, He's got things in place to the, allow those guys to coach and allow those guys to do their thing and, and play fast. So pardon me while I go a while I trip over this name I'm about to drop, but uh, I was talking with Treston Ebner uh, last year and who was uh, one of their tailbacks. <laughs> yeah, you, and, you definitely dropped that from a two-story well, building. <laughs> he, had, he coming into the year, he was the number one guy. And then and Abram Smith during the year mm-hmm. took over the number one spot. And Tristan said it did not matter one bit to him. And that told me more about Dave Aranda than anything else that we've seen on the field. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's good insight. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, the history of the Baylor program still trying to scrub the stain of, um, the Art Bryles years off of them, but Dave Rand is a pretty good person to do that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say so. so. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say so. So, well, Matt, um, as we wrap this, as we wrap this puppy up, man, we're, uh, you know, you can find you pretty much all over the place, man. You're, you're on the internet, like, like you are on both, both ends of the internet. Yes, sir. You're in every corner, every nook and cranny. Um, and, and you're doing a hell of a job with all of it, with believing badgers, uh, 
you know, the, the Badgers TV thing yep. uh, with Clint Cosgrove, you're doing the Mike Farrell sports.com stuff. You're doing yep. illegal motion. Yep. Uh, believe in Vandy, which if there's any show out there that can make Vanderbilt football interesting, it's you and Ryan Seymour. Yeah, man, listen, we, we had to take a, a, a real long hiatus after last season uh, for a couple reasons. We will be back this fall. Me and me and Ryan to chop it up year three for oh, us. Yeah. And, you know, we will, we'll always be bringing you the, uh, I, I think it has to be the lighter side of Vanderbilt football. It's basically us. And then a lot of Bruno Reagan, whenever we can have him on the show. So I mean, um, if, and if you haven't got a chance to listen to those, oh, to those Bruno. three, Bruno is Bruno is outstanding, but I, I got to say this before, before we get out of here uh, on sec after dark, we put together a list of, uh, and, and I'll tell you the rules here in just a second, but we put together a list of the top five all time wide receivers in the conference. Now we put yeah. some rules on it to make this conversation interesting to make okay. it to where it was not just uh, a who's who of Alabama and LSU receivers. Mm-hmm. So we took, we had to, the rules were you were, you were only allowed one finalist nominee from each school. So we narrowed down the finalists from every school, all 14 schools. And we took the top five. Then we took the top five out of that list. Okay. Jordan Matthews was number one. Yeah. He lead he leads the SEC in all time receptions by thirty catches. Yep, uh, he's second in yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Vanderbilt didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns in his time, uh, or, or if they did, they didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns with wide receivers. They that that was more of a schemish scheme thing than anything. So, but man, like we look back at you know, and I even watched some some of his highlights again just to kind of see like. What Yo, he, he was a did. beast, man. He was a dude, man. So our, our list was Jordan Matthews, one, Julio Jones, two, AJ Green, three, Jamar Chase, four, AJ Brown, five. Now, um, it was a controversial list, but if, if you don't really know the rules, the list isn't going to make you re- much Can sense. you repeat that for me one more time? Jordan Matthews, one, Jordan Matthews, Julio one, Jones, two, two AJ, AJ Green, Green, three. Jamar Chase, four. A.J. Brown, five. Um, I might challenge you with a Mike Evans. Yeah, we decided that Mike Evans, if he'd had one more good good season. One more good season. Um, he would have made the list for sure. Percy Harvin. We didn't feel like he was better than Reed L. Anthony, so he didn't represent Florida. We thought Riedel Anthony was a was a better fit for this list than okay. Percy Harvin. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I don't I don't really disagree with you. Uh, I uh, see. I, I, don't, you do. I don't. I don't. I don't even. <laughs> I don't agree that, that Julio Jones is the best Alabama wide receiver. Okay. Who's who's your I, who's I, your I, nom? I just don't. Who do who do you think it is? Is Devonta it Smith? Yes, it's Devonta Smith. Yeah, I mean, he, it, it, it was a, it was just kind of a, you know, I think what separated it was um, just the impact that Julio had on defenses, and he didn't have the other guys around him that Devontae Smith had around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, when you looked at it, it was like a razor's edge of things. Like, I mean, you know, Julio – Won a national championship. He did all this stuff in three years. Probably if he came back for a fourth year, he may have won the Heisman. Um, but, you know, Devontae Smith had more guys around him. Devontae Smith it also meant that he had to share the touches more. He had to share the touches more. But I don't, I don't know. Like it, it was in, in, in a Bama fan, even our, our Bama guy, uh, Jake Thomas, was, was, uh, was the leading guy for, for Julio Jones. So. I mean, I, I completely understand it. I think that, you know, in his day, like Julio Jones was such a physical freak in Marvel, mm-hmm. even at the, at the college level. And the fact that he and AJ Green came in the same year to the same, like that, that is so unusual for those two to be so, you know, tied together. They were one and two coming out of high school. They yeah. both had three years in the SEC. We're both, according to you guys, best receivers in the history of their program. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I always thought that was sort of a, a, a fascinating sort of comparison. Yeah. And also, what would have happened if those two guys flipped schools? What happens if AJ Green goes to Alabama and Julio goes to Georgia? I don't think much happens. You don't think much changes? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, I, I think they have the same impact. I mean, Georgia didn't have much around AJ Green, mm-hmm. and Georgia's defenses were atrocious anyway. So it's not mm-hmm. like they were going to win. They were going to win that many more games. I mean, they they. I mean, AJ Green helped Aaron Murray put up put up numbers and put up records. Yeah, I think Julio would have done the same thing. I I think if I think if they switch places in Julio and and there's no four game suspension. I for what's completely legal now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think some of your numbers would be even better with AJ Green, but um nonetheless, the the overall the totality of the impact they had on the game, um, you know, we just felt like Julio Jones was a step above. He kind of got everything started at Alabama. He was he was kind of the 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 one that started all of that started the run on receivers. He, he made, he made it see, he made it okay for Nick Saban to recruit receivers. Cause I think he was kind of allergic to that early on. So uh, he made it okay to run spread offense. <laughs> That's true. No, that, that, that is very, that, that is very true. And he, he did sort of uh, signal a switch from mm-hmm. just being pure, like, literally three yards of a cloud of dust. Like that's literally, that's what it looked like they were doing. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, it, it, it showed that they can actually have a vertical passing game. So, yeah. And I, I think philosophy wise, I, I think if Sarkeesian or I think if Sarkeesian was the coordinator, if, if 2020 Sarkeesian was the coordinator for the 09 Bama team, I think mm-hmm. Julio wins the Heisman. Interesting. I think Julio wins the Heisman and not Mark Ingram. Yeah, I can see that. Um, they were just—it was just—it was scheme. It was a scheme thing. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like Jordan Matthews, how he didn't have more touchdowns. Like it was just yeah. a scheme thing. Like they were—they were gonna—they were gonna pound it, pound it, pound it, and then throw it out to Julio. Mm-hmm. Now it's. You know, Najee Harris probably would have won the would have been a shoe in for the Heisman in 09. I mean, listen, if Mark Ingram can win the Heisman, anyone can win the Heisman. I mean, Najee, Najee Harris is. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Mark Ingram. Like, right. apparently, like world class good guy, too, from like oh, what great I've heard. Guy. Good running um, back. Good running back, too. But I mean, come on. You look at him and then you look at Derrick Henry, the other Alabama running back to win the yeah. Heisman recently. And mm-hmm. like, Apples and oranges, my friends. Yeah, I mean, if you have Derrick Henry, you're not feeding the rock. Then, I mean, I understand that one. That's <laughs> completely that one. That one I get. So, okay, Matt. Well, uh, I know I just shouted out like every one of your podcasts, and that probably took about thirty minutes. So, uh, social media. What? What? Where all can we find you and your work? Uh, me personally on Twitter at underscore perco underscore. Um, we're over at MikeFarrellSports.com, at MFarrellSports on Twitter. That's Mike. Um, you can find all of our stuff over there. We're publishing about t- typical days, five, seven articles a day on weekdays. Uh, lots of stuff, lots of good lists, good debates. So come on over to MikeFarrellSports.com. Lots of recruiting stuff going on right now as well. Uh, you know, every day that we've got impact recruitments, uh, there's a nightly recruiting roundup. We've got recruiting breakdowns from some guys who really chop up the film well. Um, so definitely be checking over, checking out MikeFailSports.com, um, Badger Blitz TV on YouTube, part of uh, BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals.com network. Me and my man Clint Cosgrove talking about recruiting once a week, breaking down some film and having a great time over on YouTube. Uh, we've got believe in badgers uh podcast me and bernie uh back in the saddle uh camp starting we got uh, joe thomas coming on later this month that's going to be really fun now you i I can't wait for that one that one's one's going to be that that one's going to be pretty epic i'm i'm very you got to keep your composure matt okay keep your well okay so but okay it won't be that hard because i've met joe before so oh you have met uh, joe before he's I've had dinner with Joe before uh, when I was in college, actually. Uh, Long story. You'll have to listen to the podcast. 
in order to hear about it because uh, huh. he definitely does not remember it at all. It was on a recruiting visit. Um, but uh, yeah, believe in Vandy will be back. And then next week, the triumphant return season eight of illegal motion coach, you and me and the Let's man Josh cook who finally cut off all of his hair. Thank God. Hopefully he didn't lose his edge though. Oh, I, well, I think, I think the hair is, uh, you know, I, I think the hair is going to give him more of an edge now. It's going to give him a harder edge. Exactly. There you go. Get them, get them tight, tight edges, high and tight, high and tight, baby. Here we go. He donated his hair. So we'll, uh, I can't wait to get back to IM, man. That's such a, that's such fun. a fun show. It's obviously my longest running uh, podcast than, than this one, which is going, uh, which is into its third season. Yes, sir. So, uh, but yeah, as as always, uh, if you want to find us, uh, you can scroll it right down there below. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us. Uh, find us on TikTok, actually, uh, at Troopstar28 on Twitter and IG. You can find me at Coach Corey Burton on, on IG. Subscribe, comment, leave us that five-star rating. Give us a little feedback. Tell us we're doing a good job. Old, uh, old F. Per was... Uh, he he was he was very complimentary. He lo- he he loves a good comment. He lo- he loves a good comment. He's such a nice nice commenter. I love it. So find us anywhere you find your podcast. But uh, for Matt Perkins, I am Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network, coming at you on the video side, Brinks TV. Until next time, go dogs. Go dogs. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.